0: hi hey
1: sorry that was really aggressive i'm just i'm just hyper right now i ate a candied walnut and i'm ready to
0: party (laughs) that's all it takes that
1: is that is all it takes
0: Welcome back to another episode of another picture show podcast. I feel like I'm super excited to be able to say that again. Uh, yeah. It feels nice. We got a real intro this time. Darn right. So I feel like we should just get into it. Let's do it.
1: I mean, we're we're veterans at this point.
0: Yeah. So I I'm, I, I want to spend all the time talking about the movie. Oh, okay. All right. So this week, we're going to watch jordan peele's new film nope Ooh,
2: i
1: don't know much about it i haven't seen it yet mm-hmm. which is you know part of the course i know it's like aliens and cowboys and like horses and that's about it and like nope is supposed to be an acronym am i right uh, maybe to oh <laughs> <laughs> did i spoil it for myself <laughs> um okay cool that's all i know so okay. like i don't know anything in between i just know that like aliens and cowboys and jordan peele is involved so
0: all right and have you seen get out yet i know last time we talked we we uh you had we've seen us we did a review of mm-hmm. us but at that point you hadn't seen get out so
1: yeah i'm a i'm a naughty kid i haven't seen get out yet mm. okay Every every time I hear about Get Out, I'm like, shit, I need to watch it. And then like, you know, my hamster mind is like, you know, onto something else. So
0: You gotta you gotta catch up, man. I know I know. <laughs> this
1: is his third movie, right? Nope.
0: Yes, this is his okay. third movie. Cool. All right, I'm not gonna say anything else. All right. Um I'm very excited to talk about this movie though, because I've seen it twice now and oh. I have a lot of thoughts
1: good thoughts but well I guess I, sh- I can't say okay I was gonna say I shouldn't I shouldn't uh influence my own opinion listening to you so
0: yeah let go into it go into it <laughs> blind watch it, it um and absorb it and I'm excited to hear what you have to say all right let's do this all right cool all right so let's go watch nope and we'll be back okay. with our review and our top five creature features in three two one And we're back.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> I literally just finished watching it like 30 minutes ago. So
0: oh, okay, so fresh, you're fresh on the brain. Gotcha. All right. If you weren't here for the intro and somehow got to this part, uh we are reviewing Jordan Peele's newest film. Nope. Nope is a 2022 American neo-western science fiction horror film, written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele. The cast includes Daniel Kaluuya. Guy Palmer, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, Stephen Yin, Keith David, and Devon Gray. Okay, so before we dive into Gordy and all that, uh, I kind of want to do a quick synopsis of the film. So would you like to do that real quick? If you can, since so you you just watched it. I feel like it should be fresh on your mind.
1: It is fresh on my mind. So we As best you can. As best I can. I, and I know I can get long-winded. So like if Play the Oscars music or something <laughs> long-winded, but um, basically, it's about a family of horse trainers who live out in this in this valley, this uh, mountain valley out like outside of Los Angeles. It doesn't really specify where, um, so it's set on this ranch, and it's this family. They are descendants of the first, basically the first person on film, which was um, a black man riding a horse, and it's like a like a five-second clip. Of this man, Haywood, yeah, sorry. Um, but OJ and Emerald are the two the two kids. Their father dies in this weird freak accident where just a bunch of like shit falls from the sky and like a nickel like hits him in the eye and kills him basically. So OJ is left to run the ranch and like take over his father's business and struggling, and he's been selling to make ends meet, he's been selling some horses off to this local carnival like uh rodeo town like you know like one of those roadside attraction kind of things uh, run by this guy named juke uh who was a former child star and he and his wife and his three sons like work and run this you know sideshow ranch thing and they open this brand new like attraction that like nobody really knows about anyway so then weird shit starts to happen the electricity starts going out emerald and oj are like what the fuck this one go uh horse named Ghost gets out and takes off tearing towards uh Jupe's little show place little rodeo village is what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> uh, so Ghost starts running toward the rodeo village and then it just like this big cloud comes down. The horse is like shrieking, freaking out, and it's gone. So OJ like, some am pretty sure just snatched that horse because like where did it go? Um, They tried, they couldn't get it on camera because the cameras went out. So they meet this guy at the camera store. His name's Angel. Angel is hilarious because he's the most cringy person (laughs) I have ever, like, seen in a horror film. Mm -hmm. And he acts very much like most people would act, like, in scary situations. But he's also just, like, the dorkiest dude I've ever, like, I've ever seen. It was great. So Angel comes out to help them set up the new camera system. And he sort of kind of gets wrapped up in it because he's spying on them. Through the cameras that he installed back at the store and he kind of sees all this crazy shit happening so he comes back out and they that's when they kind of make the discovery that there's some creature some flying saucer something's going on sitting in this cloud at the top of the ridge and they're like what the fuck is that the cloud doesn't move but all the cloud other real clouds move around it and so they're like okay what on earth is going on so before all this takes place like i said oj was selling these horses to juke and you kind of hear a little bit about Joop's backstory as we talked about. He was a child star and his entire cast was like brutally attacked by a chimpanzee on the set of his sitcom. But you kind of realize that Joop is taking the horses that is are being sold to him by OJ and he's setting them up as bait for this new attraction because he discovered this creature, this flying saucer in the clouds as well. He thinks it's aliens. like He thinks it's like aliens in a flying saucer. And they're coming down and sucking up the horses, and the crowd goes wild. When we get to the point where Juke, we see we figure out what Juke's doing. The trio, Angel M and OJ, are trying to capture this creature on film so they can get a shit ton of money and pay off their debts and just you know live the high life or whatever. OJ kind of realizes what's going on with these horses and like where they're going when you know uh Juke takes them, so he makes his way out to Juke's rodeo town the uh creature decides to show up early this time to get its little horse flame and and sucks up all them bitches but the best part is the horse that was like up for like sacrifice this time was named lucky <laughs> he stays inside the little like tank thing <sighs> um and so he doesn't the horse of all of the living creatures in the rodeo town all of them get sucked up except for lucky so then oj shows up Oh, everyone's gone except for Lucky, but the alien thing comes back and they later name it Jean Jacket um in reference to a horse that Em had. So Jean Jacket comes back and it's just tearing shit up and they're like, "Right, we're going to get this done correctly." And they reach out to a Hollywood film cinematographer and he rejects them. But once he hears the news story about some weird shit going down, At this rodeo town he was like okay like let's let's capture this on film because the cinematographer is known for catching like crazy shit in nature just like the weirdest shit you would never see like a snake fighting a fucking tiger like that sort of stuff so he comes out they hatch this plan and they're going to lure the creature out from out of its cloud and down onto the into the valley while Uh, Atlas is, or Antlers, (laughs) Antlers is filming on this, like, hand-cranked camera that won't be shut off when the, like, anti-electricity thing comes. So then all hell breaks loose. Jean Jacket's just sucking bitches up left, right, and center. Antlers gets snatched up. Uh, Angel almost dies, like, thrice. He always gets sucked up. M almost gets sucked up. And finally, M and uh, OJ get separated, and M gets on a a motorbike, she races to the rodeo town, fucking Jean Jacket's on her trail, and she releases this giant balloon and the whole thing about Jean Jacket is, if you make eye contact eye contact, like where it's fucking eyes, you know if you make eye contact <laughs> with it, that's when it attacks, because it's a predator so this big, like, human humanoid balloon of jupe, R.I.P. gets <laughs> thrown up into the sky, and Jean Jacket attacks it, and and cranks this like old timey well camera and gets the perfect shot, right as Jean Jacket's annihilating this giant balloon, and the balloon gets sucked up in Jean Jacket and, and explodes, and Jean Jacket dies. Wow! And that's the end.
0: You that's have a good memory for just watching it once. Rush, so.
1: rush on the brain. Yeah, if I missed anything, you know, I apologize. But
0: all right, so Madeline. Give me your initial thoughts on the movie nope
1: see I like la- well first of all I liked it second okay. of all part of me is like is it supposed to be a thinker or is it not a thinker and I'm just like overthinking it because Jordan Peele has like his last two movies were more like you think about the meaning of it and like I'm I'm sitting here watching it and I'm like enjoying it but I'm like what's this about really <laughs> you know cuz uh-huh. i'm like is it about like the exploitation of like individuals in the hollywood industry um cuz i mean like i guess like animal like there's obviously a big theme of like animal and like understanding animals and like respecting the nature of like creatures and stuff like that so i don't know uh yeah i'm more confused
0: well you are fresh i feel like it's interesting cuz that's how i felt like coming out of the movie the first time yeah I was like I liked that but I don't what did I watch you know like just kind of literally like
1: it was over like the last scene I was like that's it because I was kind of hoping for like a aftermath like kind of like a little bit of a follow-up but there wasn't one Mm. um which you know it wasn't like it it didn't leave like me like wanting like desperately for an aftermath but it just kind of ended like at the end like it was just done Mm.
0: Um, which I think is like a I'm picking up A trend with Jordan Peele movies they've all kind of ended that way where it's like the events happen and the characters are leaving the scene of whatever happened or the big event has just concluded and then the story ends there's no like epilogue I guess exactly yeah that's that's,
1: exactly there's no epilogue it's just kind of like and we're done like mm -mm. don't need to worry about what happens next because it's irrelevant yeah it's irrelevant to the point I, as the filmmaker, was trying to make.
0: Yeah. So. But yeah, um, I really like this movie. I feel like it's one of Jordan Peele is consistently making movies that I think I enjoy when I'm watching them the first time. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm too stupid for this movie. Or <laughs> this one definitely made me feel really bad.
1: <laughs> like I'm just like, hmm, why horses? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm reading into everything.
0: So I'm like, am I too dumb? I, I liked it, but yeah. I'm not sure. But then the more I sit with it and like think about it, the more I'm like, hmm, I'm putting the pieces together and I like it a lot. It makes me yeah. feel like I'm a movie detective just like picking up the pieces and hmm. so I think this is this might be a hot take, but that's what we're known for on another picture show podcast. So mm-hmm. um I think this is Jordan Peele's best film so far.
1: Ooh that is I, a hot take i would assume cuz
0: like you said before like is there a deeper meaning am i just looking for a deeper meaning like i do think that he there is meaning and like commentary within right. this movie but it's also just super entertaining it's like it stands on its own and is i think one of his most rewatchable movies yeah um there's a lot to
1: look for mm-hmm. there's a lot of like randomness like random elements to it like the whole backstory of juke i was like it was honestly unnecessary like as far as like i guess continuing the plot at all i mean the only thing it really explains is like who jupe like how he became famous you know what i mean like, or like you know it, it was like part of his like claim to fame was like, yeah, he did that like karate kid show and then he had that failed rerun where HM chimpanzee murdered everyone in the cast almost. But it was just like so bizarre. Because like the like what I'm saying is like the besides like jupe, like the connection to jupe, like that was just like it had nothing to do with anything else except like just like another allegory about like exploitation in the industry, I
0: guess. Mm-hmm. No, I think I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think no, I know, I know what you mean because I think on first watch, it definitely feels like kind of disjointed because the rest of the movie is about like horses and aliens and cowboys, yeah. basically. Like, yeah, it's it, it and they're in two different time periods, two mm-hmm. completely separate like atmospheres. You know, right. but I think. We can get into it more a little later when we go, like, specifically talking about Gordy. But I think that stuff really does help piece together what he's going for and helps us mm-hmm. lead, like, us into understanding the creature at the end a little bit right. more, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It just ties it all together a little bit in, mm-hmm. like, a really interesting and uncomfortable way. Because, like, I that that's, all that Gordy stuff was, like, some of the hardest scenes to watch, I think, out of the whole film. It was yeah. the, some of the most, like, genuinely horrifying, uncomfortable, because it's, like, so real, you know? Right. Um, and chimps and apes and monkeys, they're, like, more human-like than this, like, flying alien is, you know? So it's, like, a little closer to home in a lot of ways, but...
1: yeah. And it's, like, almost closer to home because it's, like, a beloved, at the time, beloved, like, show. And then, like, the main character of this, like, cute 90s sitcom literally tears everyone to shreds. And it's, like, because it's a wild animal. Like, you, yeah. you try and tame it, but it's a wild animal. It's it's going to react how it's going to react. It doesn't understand everything that's going on around it. It's just kind of like, I do this, and I get a friggin' banana or whatever at the end of it. You know? <laughs> like, it's it's going a stereotype.
0: Through. It's going <laughs>
1: you know what I mean damn it um, <laughs> I'm like minim- like I'm gonna be used to like minimalizing like chimpanzees now that's all they um, want is bananas yeah all I want is bananas like or maybe a fodder or or I don't know like I don't know what chimpanzees eat but you know what I'm saying I can see how they kind of like relate because you know nobody had respect for um well they didn't understand what jean jacket was but like they still didn't like show this creature any respect in any way they were just like okay this weird thing is in the sky let's take advantage of this and make money off it and you kind of see that earlier in the movie when the horse is on set uh oj has lucky on set um one of the horses for shooting a commercial they're just like up in this horse's face they're like throwing shit in they're not really listening when like oj's like you need to take a step back don't look it in the eye like then they shove a mirror and like mm-hmm. in the horse's face, and the horse freaks out. It's like, you know, that's what you get for like not respecting the boundaries of like a wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> a slightly under control, yet still, you know, has a mind of its own animal.
0: Yeah. I mean, basically, OJ was the only one who truly understood Jean Jacket as an animal. Mm-hmm. And His character throughout the whole movie is very, like, focused on the animals and focused on taking care of them because he understands them and how to communicate with them better than people. Like, we see that when he has to go to the the film set and try to do the safety meeting, but he can't even look at the people in the eyes and he's kind of, like, mumbling under his breath, but he understands the horse that he's with. 10,000 times better than like this lady that's asking him a bunch of questions or mm-hmm. you know. So, I think throughout the whole movie he's like I got mouths to feed. I got to take care of these animals. I got to like this is my responsibility. This ranch is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm this animal, this like creature that's living here isn't going to take that from me. I can respect its boundaries to a point <laughs>
1: as long as it stops eating my fucking horses yeah,
0: you know to a point point.
1: and it was also like that was also made apparent like when antlers was like just release the horses like just let them go and he was like i'm not sending these animals to their death just because like i need to make a quick escape mm-hmm. um you know nobody's gonna be a scapegoat in this so we're we're gonna figure it out i don't know it was I just really liked the animal element of it. Like I knew obviously trailers and stuff, you see uh, the shot of him on the horse, but I didn't realize like how central they were to the plot. And of Mm -hmm. course it was like kind of a twist that like this big thing is like an animal itself.
0: Yeah. Did that like twist work for you?
1: I mean, I, it made sense. Like they kind of built it up, up enough where they were like talking about animals enough that like when he was like, it's an animal, I was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, it's an animal, why not? Because like, I don't know, he, I feel like, okay, the one thing I will say, it was kind of a leap for him to be like, I didn't look at it, and it didn't kill me, therefore it's a predator, and it's a, the whole thing is an animal, and that's why I didn't die. It's like, or it could have been a <laughs> flying saucer that hovered over you, decided you weren't worth it, and just flew away, you know? Like, that's equally as plausible, but he just guessed right in the first, you know, first try. <laughs>
0: i'll just say i think it worked for me i think the twist worked for me because it came right after the gordy stuff Mm -hmm. it i feel like the wild animal aspect had been introduced with the horse at the beginning at the film set Mm -hmm. there was you know we see oj working with these horses and taking care of these horses and trying to you know respect them throughout the beginning of the movie we get the gordy sequence where that's all about like a wild animal being contained in an environment that is inherently not right made for them. And then acting mm-hmm. like a wild animal and being killed for it. Then him being like, oh, it's a wild animal. And that's why it's acting like this. And then you're right. like, oh, okay. That's super interesting. I've never, like, I never would have thought that that's yeah. the twist. That's the direction that we're going. And I think it's just super well done and very interesting.
1: And the Pivot wasn't immediately to, like, so... I like the kind of just juxtaposition between Gordy and Jean Jacket. Because, like, the pivot wasn't immediately to we have to kill Jean Jacket. Mm -hmm. He was immediately, like, we have to, like, create, like, mutual respect. Like, we have to create some sort of, like, boundary between us. So, like, it can go do his own thing and we can do ours. Hardly because I'm sure they had no idea how to fucking take it out. Like, yeah. how do you take out a flying saucer or a predator? Like, I have no idea. You shoot a missile into it. But, like, where are they going to get a missile? You know what I mean?
0: Um, and it, like, stops all electricity. So, like, that also limits the amount that they can do.
1: Exactly. Like, yeah, as so.
0: just a small group of, like, normies, you know? Right,
1: yeah. It's not like they can, like, slingshot, like, a time bomb into the <laughs> into the belly of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it was, like, Jean Jacket was killed, but I think that was just, like, circumstance. I don't know. It was just, like, a matter of instinct and survival on Em's part. It wasn't like she was out there to kill it. She was, like, out there to distract it enough and, like, you know, maim it, possibly, so that it doesn't continue its attack.
0: Yeah. What did you think of it, like, un uncurling itself and like changing form at the end
1: like how it looks like definitely more like a jellyfish kind of thing I thought it was cool I was like is this your final form because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the question
0: was- it sounded so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> is this your final form
1: <laughs> this this is all we got. like is this not like a pokemon thing where you have like a third evolution I guess not um
2: I, I guess Pokemon
1: only have two, but the eye thing, like the I guess where I was like show, like focusing his attention, it almost looked like an old timey camera. Mm, yeah, like how it was like folding out and like it kind of was like almost like capturing an image and capturing an image and capturing an image. So I don't know if it was um, if that's how it saw. Like it just saw in like very like quick frames, and that's why. It had, like it goes after things that are looking directly at it. Cause I mean, it takes a hot minute for it to like, when you're making eye contact for it to like go in for the kill, it's like, it, you're kind of looking at it looking at it and then it's like, okay, now I kill you. <laughs> um, and meow. You know, um, and also it, it goes after things that move primarily. Like it's, it's an, the only thing it it went after was that was inanimate was the horse statue but
2: then again, the horse
0: tattoo had eyes and it was looking up at the sky, so. Mm. No, yeah. I, I hadn't thought of it as, like, a camera before. That's very clever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, very good point, Madeline. Uh, well, the first time I saw it and it uncurled itself into this big, like, jellyfish-type thing, mm. I was like, what happened? What is this? Oh, Where to go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> who well, are you? But it all it reminds me a lot of like birds of prey like exotic birds doing like crazy things with their bodies to like ward off you know like peacocks just like getting big and fluffy and crazy looking to like scare off predators or other things that are like threatening it you know yeah so I felt like that was pretty cool because it like goes along with the creature thing up until that point it just looked like a flying saucer disc with like no personality you know yeah and then once it does that it's like oh it's gorgeous it's this big crazy looking thing that I've never seen before it's majestic and angelic almost like has like that like Mm. angels of the bible type
1: yeah thing like, going like on. seraphim like highest order of angels mm-hmm. type deal and like as soon as it unfurled i was like okay is it weird that i like kind of wanted to win like yeah no, no exactly <laughs> i wanted to you know like just world domination like all hail jellyfish all hail jean jacket
0: <laughs> yeah i i totally agree like once it unfurled i was like i don't want it to die i, I like, wanted no, no. i i i side with it i feel like i can relate to it a lot more as like a majestic part of nature a force of yeah. nature that we shouldn't be messing with you know yeah did you like what did you think of the ending as a whole
2: though
1: um I was very happy that they got the shot I was like honestly like it would be the biggest letdown if like after all that shit they didn't get any like recording because I was like so mad at, at fucking antlers for being like bye um about to go get sucked up like, what was he expecting? He was like, oh, it's, it's, you know, too much to ask for to get the impossible shot. And then he just goes and, like, tries to take it and gets killed. Like, I thought that was stupid. So I'm glad that they got...
0: I mean, I think he was doing that on purpose. I think he was, like, willing to die to get the impossible shot. Because his whole thing is, like, he's watching predators kill each other. Earlier in the movie, we see him, like, watching, like, old footage of, like, animals killing each other. And, like...
2: Yeah.
0: I think he... Was like, we don't deserve it, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the shot. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the impossible shot, which is me being consumed by this creature thing. Yeah. But
1: that doesn't make any sense because, like, nobody's going to see this shot. So it's like, (laughs) it's like a fool's errand. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I guess maybe if they're counting on Jean Jacket, like, spitting out the camera again, which I think he did, but like, Um, Aren't you going to be afraid of the, like, footage getting fucked up from, like, shooting at the ground at, like, 60 miles an hour, you know?
1: Exactly. Like, I don't think he built it to be, like, as durable as a spaceship or something like that. It's just...
0: Yeah, I don't know how durable those... hand crank
1: camera. I don't
0: know. I don't know how durable those cameras are. But I think it was clever that they were using the hand crank because, like, they couldn't use digital. I mean, I think my only question about the end is like people could still say that you just like photoshopped this thing totally. you know like yeah, totally getting a picture of it really doesn't do anything
1: yeah because you can um, you, these days you can get take any photo and print it on like polaroid film mm-hmm. and you know it's still a photoshop image it's just on like an older medium of film so mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of a bummer, like, because,
2: like, that is
1: kind of, like, one of those shitty things about, like, the internet and about technology is, like, where is the wonder? Because, like, as, you know, as fun as conspiracy theory are, conspiracy theories
0: are. <laughs> the single you know, like conspiracy theory. <laughs>
1: conspiracy theory, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as fun as they are, it's just, like, you know, it's so easy to debunk them and to debunk, mm. like, Bigfoot and seeing dragons and shit like that. It's like kind of a bummer because you're just like, you know, what if there are dragons, but there aren't because that's Photoshop or that's a pool noodle like shot in the air or something
0: like that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what they have in their favor is it's dead and floating in the air. So true. That's more true. than just Emerald and her singular picture will probably see it.
1: Yeah.
0: And get footage of it so because like at the end all those like reporters and stuff are showing up which how did they know to go there and yeah they were they were called them but you know
1: the TMZ guy cracked me up i was like damn and no was like sorry dude just let him to get sucked up but like he was so and that's the other thing is like he is just a representative of like so many people willing to like just do whatever like they, he didn't care about the fact that he was lying in the middle of this dirt road with his arm broken he was mm-hmm. like I need, I need my camera and like antlers he was like I need my camera I need the shot so like yeah just like the fact that like everyone is willing to like sacrifice whatever to get this shot to get this image I'm like I mean there, I don't know like I don't know is any photo really worth risking your life like there are a lot of really cool photos and images out there and like you know, that have won Pulitzer Prizes or Journalist Prizes and stuff like that. But, like, I don't think any of those photographers were, like, you know, in imminent risk. of. Well, maybe they were. Some of them were in imminent risk of death. But, like, they weren't sitting there with, like, a gun in their face, like, let me get the shot. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. they they were in war zones. They were in, like, other things. I don't know. I'm on a rant where I'm just, like, I... I just don't get it. Like, that's another thing about the movie I just didn't understand is like, why were they so obsessed with this shot? Like, it's another, it's like almost like the toxic out, like, side of legacy, where it's like, I want to create this legacy by, like, literally getting sucked up by an alien and recording its innards with a hand crank camera.
0: I mean, I think another, like, big, I think the biggest part of this film is like an exploration of the spectacle and like our relationship to spectacle. In all its forms you know like the spectacle of having an animal a live animal on set the spectacle Mm -hmm. of tragedy the spectacle of jean jacket the spectacle of movies and Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know how we relate to it um i have a fun fact about the the original horse jockey clip Mm -hmm. um so the the actual guy in the clip we don't know their race and we don't really know their identities Mm-hmm. Um, but the original clip was from uh 1878, and it's called Sally Gardner at a gallop, and Sally Gardner is the horse in the clip.
1: Love that but we know the horse. We know the horse's the name. It. It.
0: Yeah, exactly. The guy who is you know credited with catching those first few um moving pictures is Edward Maybridge or Moybridge.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know how you
0: pronounce his name. But um, he was a very, like, renowned photographer at the time. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's only two. So, like, I mean.
0: Yeah, true. But he. <laughs> he was know... just the
1: better. Yeah,
2: the yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He was known for, like, putting himself in dangerous situations to get pictures. Mm. And he actually was put on trial for murdering his wife's lover. And his his defense you using insanity as an excuse like as his defense and his defense used the like point that no sane man would put himself in these positions to get pictures we
1: love it yeah (laughs) meanwhile
0: and so i think it all
1: breed of you know in like nature journalists and war journalists and stuff were born to go into war zones and take photos of stuff and get killed as
2: a result so yeah
0: the lengths will go to 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 like capture the spectacle and and achieve some sort of notoriety for capturing the spectacle
1: right um i suppose if i if i may be permitted to like lightly edit my earlier comments i understand like war journalists and war photographers and people (laughs) going to like hardship i gotta i gotta clarify because like not that not that you know we have a massive audience but if this ever comes back to bite me in the ass i want to clarify I want to clarify that I totally understand, you know, what war journalists and war photographers do, you know, going out and obviously like documenting like the atrocities of like mankind pitted against themselves. Um, However, what I'm referring to is like bitches, like (laughs) literally just doing like the, doing it for like shots of a spectacle, like not, not necessarily anything like, it's hard to describe. Like, I feel like I'm shitting on, like, photographers right now, but um, <laughs> I was, I'm just going to say it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, for, like, this creature, like, oh, let me, like, lie on the ground and take a photo of this, like, murderous creature coming right at me. Like, you're not a trained nature photographer. Like, you're just, like, some, like, backwards TMZ reporter in this situation who thinks that they are equipped to get the shot. Leave it to the professional. So I'm mostly referring to, like, the dumb dodos who Mm -hmm. run out there thinking that they can get a shot of Bigfoot or of this bison at Yosemite and Mm -hmm. like they're gonna get this like awesome photo of a fucking cobra or whatever something dangerous something that is outside their element and they go and do it anyway thinking that they're gonna be the person to get the money shot and they fucking die I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm sorry you're an idiot you kind of deserve it full tea, full shade just facts
0: (laughs) we're on the same page (laughs) thank you I agree 100% support war photographers i also hate war photographers so
1: (laughs) actually one of my favorite books is a memoir of a war photographer so like i should calm down
0: Uh, (laughs) like how else do you think the spectacle thing plays into the movie
1: well i mean kind of like what you're saying about like you know the horse and then jean jacket but also we talked a little bit about it with gordy because you know, when, um, Joop was showing M and OJ earlier in the movie, he was showing like his inner sanctum, which had all this, you know, memorabilia and stuff from his days doing sitcoms and doing TV shows. And a lot of them were from the set of, uh, Gordy or whatever the show was actually called, that it was, you know, life of Gordy or whatever. Gordy's home. Gordy's home. Thank you. Um, And, you know, it had the shoe with, like, the little splatter of blood that was worn by uh, his castmate. And, you know, he was saying how, like, there was this growing fan base of of people who like Gordy's home. And it's kind of implied that they're, like, really interested in it because of the fact that it ended so violently. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, like, oh, this Dutch couple, like, Paid me a shit, like, five grand to stay in there for one night. And, like, I didn't ask any questions. Like, to stay in the room with all the the memorabilia and stuff. And so he's like, I didn't ask any questions. I just took the money. And it's, like, it's, you know, that's, like, its own kind of spectacle. It's, like, the spectacle of, like, violence. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I popped on this, you know, I've talked about this before. But, like, true crime. Like, people obsessed with serial killers. It kind of, like, it's kind of wrapped up in the same thing. Like, people obsessed with, like people obsessed with tragedy but like not like not obsessed in a way where they want to learn about Mm -hmm. like the events surrounding the tragedy they're just obsessed with the fact that something happened and people were killed
0: Mm -hmm. um so i I mean i definitely know like i am guilty of that
1: no No, same like like
0: like, i definitely go down rabbit holes a a lot of it's just curiosity because like uh you know we're millennials we've we've been alive for a lot of really awful things (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) so so a lot of it is just like me going down rabbit holes about certain events right trying to one just make sense of it because like I was either too young to fully understand it when it happened but I remember it and it's like a core Mm -hmm. part of who I am and it's just like me trying to like make sense of like how does this this kind of thing happen or like why do these things happen or like And then also, it's just interesting because it's, I've never experienced anything firsthand like that. Yeah. You know, I've had my own versions of tragedy happen, but nothing on like a national or international scale. Yeah. So I don't, I really don't know like what it is about spectacles like that spectacles of tragedy and violence that like really like pull something out of us on like a primal level of just like we're drawn to it to like learn more even though it's like horrifying and we don't really want to be a part of it it's just no totally I mean
1: like you know half of like the degree you know half of my like higher education like revolves around tragic events yeah um but I guess like my the point I was trying to make is like people who like who like I don't want to say like take joy, but are just like, again, kind of just like fascinated with like, just like the violence of it. Mm-hmm. They're just fascinated by the fact that like an ape went crazy on set and killed a bunch of people. And like, I want to see like, I want to see the evidence of that. I want to see the blood on the shoe. I want to see like the mm-hmm. clip of it happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I- <laughs> I don't like I I have to see the gory stuff at work and like I don't like seeing it. So like mm-hmm. I, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me why people like seeing that stuff or like like want to see like the dead body. Like they want to see the crime scene photos. They want to see like the you know the blood on the shoe in the in mm-hmm. the movie. Um like that part like that's just like a bridge too far mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, it's just like like what are you gaining from like seeing this gruesome stuff like you it's more than just the information you want. Like, you're kind of, like, getting pleasure in, like, a weird way out of this. It's, now. like,
0: perverse in some way.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's that's kind of, like, I think what they were, I don't know if that's what they were doing, but that's, like, what I felt when, you know, they were kind of talking about Gordy and, you know, this guy was talking about the guy with the TMZ was going out and he was, like, he doesn't care that a bunch of people got fucked up from
2: mm.
1: whatever, strange phenomenon happened that 40 people went missing like he was just out there to like see what happened and like see the valley and like get answer and get answers and it's like no you just wanted to hear you just wanted to hear M go on and on about how she showed up and there was blood everywhere and like mm. dead arms and shit like that or like shit missing like that's what you wanted you didn't want answers you just wanted to be the first to get the gory details mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's all, it's all very, again, perverse, kind of like what you were saying. It's it's so strange.
0: But there's also, you know, there's levels to it. There's being curious about things, and then there's, mm-hmm. like, straight-up exploiting, like, right. tragedy. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? um, which I think is why, like, Jupe's character is so interesting, because, like, he's just a... He is a victim and also, like, a perpetrator at the same time. Exactly, yeah. In both totally. instances. Well you know, as a child, he's just, he's a child actor doing his job, but he's a child actor who is, like, as far as we know, like, the sole person from the set that was left, like, unscathed. We don't really know what happened to the rest of the cast. We know that Mary Jo Elliott gets her, gets defigured, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maimed, and the other guy gets beaten. We don't know if he died, but
1: yeah,
0: I would assume, um, I assume you know. the two
1: adults were
0: killed. yeah
1: because, you know, otherwise, I feel like they would have mentioned the other two more mm-hmm. um, and they didn't. So
0: he's traumatized by this event, but it also, like formulates his entire, like mm-hmm. persona, you know, like he collects all the things about it. He like can't let it go, you know, right he's he's traumatized and like consumed by it. And then, like,
1: describing the SNL skit, like, I was just, "Mm, I'm, I'm uncomfy. So even Saturday Night Live, like, even, like, you know, like, you know, contemporary media like, wants a slice of this, like, horrific thing that happened, you know?
0: I mean, it's not uncommon. Like, I feel like another reference in the movie, you know, OJ, there's a comment at the beginning, one of the actresses, or the actress is, like, OJ, and, like, you know automatically like, why she's, like, kind of be annoyed yeah. about it. It's like because you automatically think of O.J. Simpson. Another right. like media spectacle right. of like this horrible thing happening and this fan right. that's like wrapped up in this horrible thing that he may or may not have committed. But you know, it's another media spectacle and yeah. and like SNL would do skits about like the O.J. trial as right. it was coming out and it's yeah. like super inappropriate, no tact. You know, it's just no respect for the people involved. Like Mm -hmm. these are real human beings who lost their lives, real people going through this trial. Like uh, real, like racial issues and societal issues, like at the core of this problem. And it's just a spectacle for SNL to like exploit, you know. And I think Gordy's home, that that whole incident, it's all it's all like tied together in this like yeah how we exploit spectacle and consume spectacle and all that
1: right and nobody really like and the people that you know really are the ones going to like the lengths to like learn the truth about what happened and like what went down and like the circumstances that surround it like they are very very few number in very few numbers their voices are not the loudest Like, not not that that, like, not to shame anybody. It's just, like, you know, there are, like, a handful of people out there who are, like, actually, like, this happened. It's, like, no, 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 no. Like, he, you know, Gordy was just, like, a crazed ape that, like, you know, beat the shit out of his castmates for no reason. It's, like, no, he was an animal on set and he got triggered by a loud noise and then, you know, became aggressive because he was scared. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody... Like, it's, it's sad because, like, you see the real truth. Meanwhile, Gor- even, but even um Jupe is going around just saying, like, he had enough. Like, he just snapped one day. And it's like, that's not, like, how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, animals don't act out for no reason.
0: And I think another thing about, like, Jupe is, like, because he's, he was unscathed, you know, physically. And he had that moment of, like, connection almost with Gordy at the end. He feels like he had a connection with the animals, therefore he can do the same thing with Jean Jacket, Mm -hmm. you know, even though that's not quite true. It's There was a veil, he was under the table looking through a, like, tablecloth thing, so he wasn't looking Gordy in the eye. Also, Gordy had kind of calmed himself down at that point. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't that he had any sort of special connection with this animal, it was just he was lucky <laughs>
1: right? and again yeah. it's like that just one step short like there's mm-hmm. never going to be total like communication like you can have a connection with an animal but it's never going to be like full 100 understanding and like that's probably what he thought he was like we understand each other he's not going to kill me he sees my soul and like fucking gordy's sitting there just like well i'm tired and then gets murked by mm-hmm. like you know gets sniped by the cops so um
0: yeah it's just like unfair all around to see Gordy get killed for just being an animal
1: it's out for Harambe
0: (laughs) (laughs) yep Um. (laughs) slightly different circumstances I will
1: say Um, anyway R.I.P. Harambe
0: Um, I guess like we can go through some of the names because I know that like a lot of the character names are like inspired by spectacle Mm -hmm. and I kind of want to like speculate there's some that i have like a pretty good idea of what they mean but i don't have all of them so i think it'd be kind of fun to go through and see what you think so obviously we have daniel kilua as oj yeah first of all he did a fantastic job i feel like we haven't really talked about the performances too much um he's very understated but it works but his name's oj um we kind of talked about that already and the spectacle that he is
2: the oj simpson trial
0: inspired by then we have kiki palmer Mm -hmm. as emerald
1: i i really liked her her character and like her um just like her performance in general i really just thought like she's she's like the classic like baby sister who goes off and like you know just does her own thing but she still has like she still has her connections to the ranch like it's not like she like shunned the business she's just you know off doing her own thing and so you know when her brother needs her even though whether he admits it or not like she's she's there and she cares so I liked I liked Kiki
2: yeah I mean, and
1: I love I- that she like she just like I love that she fucks like she's just like constantly like rattling <laughs> off like random like people she's got on you know on speed dial I was mm. like good for you bitch like mm.
0: <laughs> yeah no, I think she did a great job. You know, OJ is very much like, I want to stay at home. I want to work and take care of this this ranch and take care of these animals and, you know, continue building this life that dad built for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but that's because he was like included in that, mm-hmm. you know, with his dad, whereas <laughs> Emerald was not. They sold her horse, jean jacket, before she was able to train it and break it and whatever. Right. So she felt like not super included in the family legacy, but that doesn't mean that she didn't care. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of her character is like, I want to leave the ranch. I want to leave the farm. I want yeah. to. I want to get out of this and get out of Kansas. You know, like I
1: gotta go my own way. Yeah.
0: So my interpretation with her, I know that Jordan Peele has mentioned that The Wizard of Oz was like a big inspiration for this movie.
2: It
0: so my take is Emerald is.
2: The Emerald, Emerald City. City, yeah, nice.
0: And then we have Michael Wincott as Antlers Holst.
1: Oh, Antlers!
0: I know that his name is based off of a Scandinavian composer, Gustav Holst. Hmm. Um, and I believe Holst is like Scandinavian for uh crown of the gods or something, which is also translated, which is which not translated but were made of antlers a spectacle of the gods oh well first let's talk about michael wincott in that role
1: he was fucking hilarious i loved it also i loved how he just like that classic like horror horror like you know psychological thriller element where like somebody quotes like a children's well not necessarily a song but like a as you know, a children's song most of the time mm. but this time it was like you know one-eyed one-horn flying purple people eater, and i was like it sounds so ridiculous yeah. and he was <laughs> sitting there like it was a one-eyed, one
2: eyed one-horn flying purple people leader
0: <laughs> one-eyed i'm like i'm like really <laughs> we're gonna do the whole song man like <laughs> just sing it just sing it at this just point sing it
1: yeah exactly <laughs> one-eyed one-horn flying purple people eater. like just, just <laughs> get into it i know you want to You're, like, one beat away from just breaking into full song.
0: Another thing about this movie, though, is, like, it feels very much inspired by Spielberg and particularly Jaws. And, like, that's that him, like, saying those, like, children's lyrics very slowly and gravelly is very reminiscent of, like, Captain Quint. Right, his little song
1: instead of like like a hook down the
0: chalkboard
1: mm-hmm. it was just a text message like you need a camera
0: you're <laughs> <laughs> gonna need a crankier camera
2: yeah. <laughs> i heard you need a camera that doesn't run on electricity <laughs> it wasn't what i would worn flying from here
0: <laughs> it went into the water
2: <laughs> it went into a cloud in the sky on the bridge that cloud hasn't moved an inch
0: <laughs> i think i think our impressions are spot on
1: i i wouldn't change them for the world uh, um
0: and then we have brendan Preya as angel torres mm-hmm. i don't i mean i guess angel is just like straight up a spectacle like biblical angels like we mentioned earlier it's just like mm-hmm. these big creatures with like hundreds of eyes and arms and limbs and whatever Um. Uh, yeah I think
1: like Angel was like a great name for him because like I don't know there was like it was almost like some sort of divine intervention like saved him like Mm -hmm. each time he almost got snatched up by jean jacket Mm -hmm. like the first time he um you know he fell down the hill he was wrapped in the tarp so the you know it, it didn't bother with him and then and then it saw him try to snatch him up again but he was wrapped in the bar bar fence so the fence held him down and Gene Jack was like, know, yeah, fuck this. And then there might have only been twice. Maybe there was a third time but like either way, like the the three times that he, two or three times that he was a- attempted to be sucked up into the void something like prevented it from happening. So.
0: And I think he's like the reason that it unfurled itself. Yeah. it like Got mad after. I don't think it like cut him up, but the like barbed wire. He
1: was like, "Put spicy, yeah, unfurled, like, well, yeah, spicy," and like got all upset <laughs> and
0: unfurled. So I think he's like the reason that it turned into it. Like, you know what? Fuck it, and it just like yeah got angry, um, and revealed itself in this like big angelic jellyfish form. Yeah.
1: I wish it would look like that the whole time like that would have been really fun but I do kind of like appreciate like the grandiose mm-hmm.
2: like,
1: you know reveal um
2: then we wouldn't
0: have like a fun like weird UFO um
1: true yeah that's build true.
0: up you know
1: also it like gave me like a lot of like RuPaul like category is seraphim and <laughs> then it's just, like a girl and you're like going down <laughs> like you're sucking bitches up like <laughs> I mean- I can just hear, like, Michelle Visage being, like, you look like a kite bitch. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> And then we have Stephen Yen as Ricky Jupe Park. Mm, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. He was...
1: Again, like, he he's done the sci-fi, like, horror genre before, so like, he, I feel like he's very much at home in this kind of role. And you know he I mean he's adorable like he's just so cute he's so likable but then you're kind of like yeah you're also like kind of fucked up dude because like when he was like kind of like dissociating like thinking back to like the Gordy days I was like I was very (laughs) uncomfortable I I love how his wife just like walks in like like let me snap my husband out of his dissociative episode real quick (laughs) here am I here I am in a a cowboy hat (laughs) Yeah, I feel I think- sad. I do feel bad that, you know, he got eaten and his kids got eaten and his wife got eaten and like all the random people watching got eaten. But like
0: Yeah, I do I mean I think that's one of the more horrifying parts of the movie is like them getting eaten and like us hearing them get digested essentially. Like Yeah, and you're like
1: like you see like a clip like of them just being like sucked up in and you're just and they're like they're still alive you know mm-hmm. when they're like in like the
2: digestive tract
1: yeah whatever it is um digestive tract yeah and it's just like ooh, like what's gonna happen to you now because mm-hmm. like at that point you still don't know it's an animal yeah because like they're being sucked up and you're just like are they being like like i don't know siphoned off to different chambers for like probing or whatever and then like The next scene, yeah, uh, OJ's like, it's an animal, and you're just like,
0: oh, they got eaten. I mean, it was, like, super cool, because, like, you see, you see Jupe like, looking up, and then it cuts to black, and then it's, like, a wide shot of all the people getting sucked up, like, into the hole. Yeah. And it's huge, and you're you're not really sure what you're looking at, but it's just, like, these people getting sucked up into this, like, sail-looking thing. Yeah. And then you hear them screaming and it's horrifying just imagining you know getting sucked up into this unknown object but then also becoming super claustrophobic in the like digestive tract of this creature and you see this like half digested horse and you slowly realize like these people ain't making it out of this yeah they're not they're (laughs) not being
1: they're not being probed and then like put back on earth like this isn't a war
0: of the worlds type situation where yeah they're just being held in a little cage like they're not
1: they're done being eaten yeah
0: and you can hear them and it's like visceral and like the image of them flying it like jean jacket flying over the house while it's raining
1: and the blood and everything oh my gosh that's terrifying yeah i was like half expecting like body parts to Mm -hmm. start falling out it only spat out like I guess the undigestible stuff, like the metal, the plastic, like you know purses, shit like that. Mm. Like, damn, down to the bone. Like those hoes are gone. Like that's mm. crazy. That's a powerful digestive system.
0: Were there any moments in the film? I mean, we talked about a few already. You know, we talked about Gordy. We talked about like raining blood on the house. Mm. Um, were there any other moments of the film that like genuinely kind of like spooked you or made you uncomfortable
2: i think
1: in general i just like it wasn't i mean it's not supposed to be like that's scary is it really supposed to be a horror movie like
0: i think it's more sci-fi like yeah, suspense than right it was more of a thriller
1: i would say but yeah there were no moments where i was like super scared but you know
0: I will say, when we saw it in the theater, the scene where O.J. goes into the barn to, like, investigate why the lights are on, True. and this is before we've seen Jean Jacket, really. This is before we know anything about the aliens, and we see mm-hmm. the, like, little people, like, the little, it's like, what are, we perceive as aliens, you know? Like, right. our, our interpretation socially of what aliens look like, that Freaked, me out yeah, I was like, that was very uh effective because I yes. was like, no. Yeah, and then even he was like, um, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Yeah.
1: Did you kind of notice they I mean, yes, they were like the children in these costumes, but even like the masks and like the costumes themselves were very chimp like.
0: Yeah. They're mm-hmm. kind of like
1: shaggy, like hairy, and then like the paler, like like faces, like I don't know. I was just like, I kind of I kind of clocked that too. I was like, why? aliens look like little monkeys you know
2: <laughs> I was like hmm
1: we haven't processed some trauma have we too you're right that one did get me cause like cause then the one there was like one next and he was like oh and, he <laughs> <laughs> and the kid was like ah oh.
2: fuck
0: <laughs> it was very uh, like I, I, another reason I love this movie is because it's such a love letter to like like I said earlier to Spielberg to filmmakers like that and like Mm. this that scene in particular felt very much like M. Night Shyamalan like signs you know like have you seen signs Mm, no okay well it's an alien movie but that scene in particular felt very like reminiscent of that and this whole movie just feels very much like a love letter to films like that and filmmakers like that and there's just nuggets of like film history throughout the movie and references that like if you're just watching it you don't have... They're not, like, obvious, you know? It's just kind of, like, clever more than anything. It's not, like, annoying. You roll your eyes because you see, like, a reference or whatever. It's not distracting. Right. It's just very clever and, like, feels very much like... Jordan Peele loves movies just as much as I do. And so, like, it's fun to watch this guy who loves movies My making God. a movie. And so, even if the movie itself isn't, like, perfect, mm-hmm. I think it's just very entertaining and very well-made.
2: I know so...
1: the, the shot where Kiki Pollard's on the motorbike and she slides mm-hmm. against the well. Like that's like from Akira. Mm-hmm. I thought that that cracked me up. I was like, what a nerd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a very big nerd.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it was adorable. Like I, I adored it because I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. A little nerdy made an Akira motorbike slide into the film. Like it fit, fit perfectly. She like, you know, she had to stop the bike. Like it wasn't like she was just like random slide. It was like, you know, and she hit the well. Like it, it was like it was well fitted mm-hmm. for the moment, but like everybody knows the mm-hmm. I mean everybody who's seen Akira, like no recognizes the slide. So like that made me that made me laugh a little
2: bit. I was like, And I
0: think Jordan Peel was supposed to like direct a live action Akira, but then turned it down. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like another nod to like he's a ver- he's a fan of anime. Right. Um, and I think he even said that like the like Jean Jacket's final form was inspired by the angels from Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is another anime. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen it, but
1: I've never seen it.
0: There's these like big uh intergalactic creatures. I don't even know, I I don't know how to describe it, but
1: yeah, interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big nerd.
1: I I didn't feel the shark or not the shark jesus the jaws reference until you said it it like makes sense like he comes out like fucking you know um (laughs) like he's goddamn ahab you know like from Moby dick you're just like calm down you know what i mean like he's like all of a sudden he's acting like this is his white whale and you're just Mm -hmm. like you know you didn't believe this in the first place bitch um but
0: and also like hit jean jacket getting blown up at the end like is just straight from Jaws, like right. you know, right,
1: right, right, yeah, exactly. Um, like the least likely way that this animal is going to die is by getting blown up, but here we are. I'm not a movie. I'm not like a movie, like you know, buff like you are in the sense where I'm like, ooh, like automatically, I'm like, ooh, this is a reference to this director in this film, or ooh, this is a reference to this director in that film. Hmm. But it, after the fact, I might be like, "Oh, this reminds me of this." Like it's it's only yeah, like, yeah. very obvious nods, like the Akira slide or like something, like, or like the fact that he named OJ OJ. Like mm-hmm. those things, like obviously, are just meant to kind of spark a reaction. Whereas, like you also
0: just watched the movie like an hour ago, so right, like yeah. you have had no time to really sit and ruminate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so go easy on me. God, I feel like we're bullied over here. I'm putting Uh, (laughs) you on the
0: spot, and I think you're doing (laughs) very well. I'm gonna
1: cry about it. (laughs) 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 Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm typically not someone to like watch the movie and be like, "Hey." In the moment, unless it's very literally Leo meme, like very, very obvious. Like speaking of relative things, also timestamp we're in the era of people making fun of Leo for I
0: love it. I love it so much. Breaking
1: up with his (laughs) girlfriend after she turned (laughs)
0: twenty-five. I love the ones that sorry, pause. This is a timestamp moment. Um
1: we need to like include this at the end or something. Just like yeah, a yeah. Small rant about the Timestamp.
0: Um no, I love the ones where it's like, did you ever think that like maybe Leo was so traumatized by 9-11 he couldn't date anyone who was alive to like witness it? <laughs>
2: oh my god. So I love the
1: ones where it's like uh, like, I think there was one where, like, Lady Gaga was walking past him to, like, get a fucking Oscar or whatever. And he was, like, was, like <laughs> Leo's reaction to any woman over the age of 25.
2: <laughs> and there was one that
1: really sucked, because there was one that was so fucking funny. It was, like, a tweet where it was, like, Ben, or um, it was Leo DiCaprio breaks up with girlfriend, like, sh- like four weeks after her 25th birthday and somebody replied to tweet. that's because he had to go witness the birth of his next girlfriend you know yes. who tweeted that? it was ben Fucking shapiro ben shapiro i was
0: no. like god damn it that it's was upsetting funny. it's upsetting but he got it he got it he got a win with that one i was like, you know, what, ben? like right. you
1: know what then all right you can have this one this one
0: you gotta chuckle make out of me of you for
1: not making your white wet ever <laughs> But you crawled a little bit further out of that hole. I give
0: credit where credit is due. and you made 100%. me laugh.
1: I was upset, but I did laugh
0: <laughs> anyways, back to the movie. We can wrap up.
1: <laughs> I have a question. okay. Mm-hmm. So when we were discussing at the before you revealed to me what movie we were watching for this episode, you asked me what vibes I was into, and I believe I said controversial vibes. Mm-hmm. And then you introduced this film mm-hmm. I want to know why it's controversial. Is it because you think it's his best
0: film? Um, no. Well, I don't think my opinion is... Like, I don't think people care about my opinion. <laughs> but I think this movie has been very divisive. Like, in like mm. a lot of people don't like it. And a lot of people do like it. I feel like a lot of Jordan Peele's ah. movies are like that. Right. Um, but also... Logan Paul had a dissertation that he released on Twitter about this film that I kind of... dissertation? Yeah. No, my plan, I, I was about Who to bring Rose it up. Wrote it? I was about to bring it up so that we could go through and uh... You know
1: you how can... much I love to read <laughs> and debunk, so let's do it. So, It'll enlighten me on this, uh, tumultuous tw- Twitter
0: journey on Alright, well first off, um, how big of a fan of logan paul are you
1: like negative i don't know (laughs) i don't even know which one that is that's not the one that boxes, right
0: no well i thought they both did honestly i don't pay attention to them so i know
1: one of them like actually is a decent boxer now or mma fighter and Um, the other one this
0: is the one that uh, recorded the dead body in japan
1: okay I still don't know who that is but either I'm
0: not a fan of either one I just don't know the difference okay the two. okay (laughs) doesn't really matter um okay so his dissertation starts nope is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time I love Jordan Peele and Kiki Palmer can act her ass off but this movie is objectively slow and confusing with stretched themes that don't justify the pace a thread that's how it starts how do we feel
1: um, I feel like he's already just telling the world he's admitting that he's too dumb to understand the movie on the first watch, which like, like no shame. I feel like I was too dumb to understand the movie on the first watch. Like we're literally talking it out now. And I feel like I'm getting more smart on it now, <laughs> but like, he's just admitting to the world, like I'm too dumb to like, understand the movie, like the first go around.
0: I mean, I think his, his main mistake here is just saying objectively slow and confusing and confusing. Like mm-hmm. okay, anyone who says anything is objectively whatever
1: mm-hmm. is wrong.
0: Mm, yeah, like just you know, you know what's
1: objectively slow? A turtle.
0: Yeah, I a mean molasses
1: being poured out of a can.
0: True. True. You know
1: what's not objectively slow? Literally anything that people can put an
0: opinion on. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. So the thread starts. It's not hard to conceptualize something disturbing. A trained chimp goes animalistic and mauls an entire set, or a UFO spoiler devours alert. anything in its path. It is hard to sensibly tie it to the plot, which was done remarkably poor here. A series of questions? Spoiler alert. Number one. No one was curious how a quarter shot through a man's face and killed him, or why a key was lodged in the backside of a horse he was riding? mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: You find that out Later you find out how all this fucking shit fell from the sky and like you know you know the fucking urban legend that if you drop a penny from the top of the empire state building like it's gonna reach terminal velocity but it hits a person and kills them right
0: well like even in the movie they say that they just blamed it on stuff falling out of an airplane right like they it wasn't like they 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 didn't have any other explanation it wasn't like they were just like oh oh well you know i don't know just... if he's
1: questioning like the circumstances or the physics
0: no they but... he's questioning why like people weren't weren't questioning it but they did and they mentioned that the reasoning that they came up with was that they thought things just fell out of an airplane
1: yeah because i mean know? it's la like fucking small planes fly in and out of that shit all the time like it yeah. might not have fallen out of a commercial jet But, you know, people skydive and shit. It's in a rural area. Like, your keys could have fallen out your pocket and landed in a horse's ass. Like, you know, weirder things have happened. Anyway, go on,
0: Logan. (laughs) Number two. Why slash how did the shoe stand upright on the set of Gordy's Home? This one, I'm sure, has a reason, but I haven't found anything that makes sense.
1: I feel like you're, I feel like he's reaching. Like he's just reaching for things to complain about.
0: Well, we actually didn't talk about this
2: point yet. So I'm curious what you think of the shoe. I think. So here's
1: my thing. I think the shoe was never actually standing up. I think that the shoe, like in his memory, he just remembers maybe he picked up the shoe. I don't know. The shoe stood out to him in his memory so much. The one drop of blood that like when he revisits it in his mind, the shoe is sitting like it is in his little like man cave of weirdness, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you know, R.I.P. Ju. But <laughs> I think it was never just like sitting perfectly upright. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like how he plants it in his memory. Like like not to get like meta about it but like if you think about like memories with your friends like it's hard to remember what you all looked like when you were young you know what I mean like when mm-hmm. I think of like memories with my siblings I can't think of them when they're young but I can think of like the time that we had and like they look like they do now but in my memory I know that we were children at the time
2: mm-hmm. or, like you
1: and I in high school like I can hardly remember what I looked like or you look like in high school but like your face is is as it is now if I'm thinking about something. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, memory is so malleable and so, like... Because we're obviously assuming that we're taking all of this in from Jupe's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that, like, the shoe standing up, I don't think that actually is how it was. I think it was just, like, he, like, just... Boop! Insert shoe into memory.
0: No, I, I think I agree. Um, another theory that I've heard um is that it was like that and it's just like they keep mentioning this bad miracle you know what's a bad miracle Mm -hmm. and like the shoe happening to land like that and stay there during this horrific event is just a bad miracle you know it's a weird thing that happened
1: right uh It's kind of like how you, like, throw a pair of vans. The vans always land upright, like that whole Mm -hmm. urban legend slash proven fact. Um, Yeah,
0: but I think I tend to lean towards your theory um, that it's not, it wasn't actually standing like that. It's just when he's remembering the event, Mm -hmm. he looks at the shoe as his co-star as being, like, beaten to death. Mm -hmm. And so instead of focusing on that, he's, like, oh, I just remember the shoe. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, While he's, you know, instead of focusing on that, it's like he's distracting his own mind and his memory with this, you know, shoe that he has in his collection. Right. So.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's all very artistic, Logan Paul. It's called motifs and metaphors and art. I don't know. know. Yeah. Number three, the deep-voiced cinematographer was cryptic for no reason. Other than to be cryptic. You're telling me this guy was willing to die because he wanted better lighting to capture the ET for real? Says the guy who goes into the suicide forest. and like, Right.
1: That is a prime example of like, a of somebody thinking they're like a, like a videographer or a filmographer, phil- I don't know if that's the word, photographer or whatever, going into stupid situations, stupidly dumb, dangerous situations, just for clout, for content, for whatever. Like, like you're just, like, you're digging yourself into your own grave there, Logan. Like, me thinks the fuck not, you know? <laughs> like, simply, like, you went into this, like, this forest, and obviously it's called the Japanese Suicide Forest, so, like, you were looking for something, and you found the dead body, and, like, that's super tragic. And you are just an embodiment of the point, one of the points of this whole movie of, like, you know exploiting spectacle exploiting tragedy like please shut the fuck up like don't tell me there's more
0: there is more no
1: are <laughs> there's quite no a bit more. there's quite a bit more <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I mean I get it's a long movie but she's all
0: right we'll try to go through it quickly I
1: don't I don't care about how long it takes I'm just like calm down man like how many tweets do you have in you it's
0: I it's a dissertation I said it's it's he had a lot to say
1: I really believe that it was like an academically written paper and you're just like no it's a series of tweets and I'm like why was I like why
0: was I surprised look at Paul (laughs) it's just like I've been working on this. He's all like, day.
1: I've done thing. And I'm like, yes, cite your sources. And he doesn't. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, periodically reviewed. Got it.
0: His bibliography. Um, anyways.
1: Peer reviewed. My bad. Go
0: on. Number four. Same note. Man on the motorcycle. Why was his voice deep and robotic? Framed to be an antagonist who'd have a good reveal. Mystery solely for the sake of mystery is confusing and leaves too many open ends for a viewer trying to invest themselves in a story like this. Um, I didn't care that much about the TMZ guy, so I wasn't, like, upset that he wasn't around that long.
1: And they kind <laughs> of, like, were talking earlier about the warning, like, we only have a couple days to do this mm-hmm. before, like, the vultures descend on the valley and try and get clips of this. Because, like, the news had already broken that, like, right. Jupe and all these other people were missing so like that was already established that's why tmz homeboy showed up he was the first of the probably many vultures afterwards that were gonna go in and like exactly again it's back to like creative like creativity like artistic toys like shut the fuck up go on
0: okay so this has nothing to do with um logan paul but i was looking at on i was trying to find like if the voice of the tmz guy was different than the actor um, because it sounded like super familiar and like it was weird that we couldn't see his face and it just felt very much like is this is like a cameo of some some sort it was Tom Cruise um, on IMDb I could not find any okay so I'm saying this but I could not find any sources to like you know double check this or like confirm it but on IMDb in the like uh, trivia of the movie it says that it was Nicolas Cage but I don't believe that
1: either i feel like that the guy was too short to be nicholas cage also
0: his voice was too high
1: too and also too young yeah you know? like nicholas cage is no spring chicken anymore sorry nick like it's true
0: i feel like if it was nicholas cage that would have been amazing but
1: i would love that but i don't think it was nicholas cage
0: so img needs needs to cite their sources need to clarify
1: some things
0: yeah all right moving on number five my next point the storyline is all over the place in a crowd of 40 people the actress who was mauled on the set of gordy's home was there why shock factor because of her scarring does she come to all of them did she come before the et feeding this was the first one this was the first one that was open to the public he right. she was there to like support her friend and co-star um I think it
1: is kind of like shock value. It is kind Mm -hmm. of like just like poetic, like injustice. Yeah. Like, you know, the first, of course, like the ultimate irony is like she survives being mauled by a wild animal trying to be tamed on set. And she shows up to support her friend who is trying to, you know, tame in a way or control in a way a wild animal feeding off horses in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So it is You know, again, poetic injustice for this poor woman who survived one attack and does not
2: survive
0: the next. Yeah. 100%. All right, next. Jup has trauma with the phenomena of commercializing predators for profit. And for the last six months, he's been feeding horses to an ET in the sky. But what about before that? What was the purpose of that creepy cowboy theme park? He was in a movie as a child. that like where he played a small cowboy i forget the name mm-hmm. of the movie but like that's the that was what it was based off it wasn't just he decided to be a cowboy and make right. a cowboy themed park it was like capitalizing off of a a movie that he was in like goonies style you know like that was like he was known for or something
1: like that yeah yeah
0: it was like um before or it was like kid sheriff i think it was called or something like that yeah and he was the that was like his claim to fame before or like after the gordy's home incident like Mm -hmm. he was famous for this cowboy movie i don't
1: know maybe Uh. just like pay attention to the movie you're actually (laughs) watching logan like
0: um next Mm. why was so much emphasis placed on the name of the horses they had title cards why
1: Because each segment was about, like, the demise or not demise of each creature and, like, the different personalities and attributes to that creature that led them to, or circumstances, whatever, around that creature that led them to, you know, have an encounter with Jean Jacket. Amen. Amen. And I mean, Gordy and <laughs> Jean Jacket had their own title cards. Like, mm-hmm. let's not forget. Yeah, it um, was Ghost. It was Ghost Clover mm-hmm. Lucky Gordy Jean Jacket. It's
0: kind of uh, like
1: when you break up a movie into like parts one, two, and three. It's like mm-hmm. nobody. It's just, part, it's just like, part of the
0: structure. It doesn't right. Matter.
1: Why did you break it up into parts one, two, and three? Like, shut the fuck up because I wanted to. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Holy hell.
0: Uh, why was Barbie Ferreira? an incredible acting talent so underutilized in this movie why was she even in the movie it's called a cameo like it happens all the time like i don't know
1: yeah i love barbie fair i forgot we we hadn't even mentioned her love barbie she's so hot like celebrity crush but like yeah it's a cameo like calm down would i have loved to see more barbie absolutely but like was more barbie necessary sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like justice for barbie sure <laughs>
1: like no barbie was necessary
0: yeah, it was fine. She was in the movie. It was kind of it was cool. It was nice to see her, but yeah. I wasn't like upset that she wasn't in the rest of it.
1: And it didn't hurt her career to be mm-hmm. like a cameo in this film either. No. Like you're acting like this was like a great disservice to Barbie. Whatever,
0: People do cameos it. all the time. Hundred
1: uh... percent. For example, as the DMZ guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Way to strip all the life from a phenomenal actor, Daniel Kalua by casting him as possibly the most mundane vanilla character I've ever seen. Not a question. I'm just pissed.
1: No comment. I feel like he just, well, obviously I'm going to follow that with a comment.
0: Um, <laughs> no comment, but No comment, however. Um, <laughs> many comments. Yes, and. Uh, <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> it's like,
1: you know, not every character needs to be big and gregarious and like, you know, as you said, like, have this massive monologue and be the big protagonist in order to be the protagonist. Like, he and M, and I guess Angel are like the protagonists of this film, mostly him and M, obviously. Because, hmm. you know, he's doing what he can to protect his legacy. But, like, you know, people who come off as meek and like mild and like awkward or whatever, like, they can also do awesome and incredible things. Just because they can't make eye contact with you and speak loud, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like, and in a way, it's, like, a perfect representation of, like, the fact that, like, just because people come off a certain way does not mean that, like, that is how they always are. Like, he mm-hmm. obviously is more comfortable around his sister, and he's more comfortable around the horses, so, like, he's gonna do what he can to defend them, but,
2: I don't know. Get
1: and
0: he has Emerald as, like, his foil, who is all of those things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So... It's it's a character.
1: This is what happens when you drop out of high school and go do YouTube. (laughs) Sorry, full offense. Like I'm just gonna say it.
0: (laughs) It's just media literacy. This is what happens when you don't
1: take AP English and understand what a foil is or what character development
0: is. Gotta do some annotating while you watch movies. Hundred percent media literacy. Read *Wuthering Heights*
1: and just do us all a favor.
0: An extraterrestrial creature that is advanced enough to fully shapeshift, activate an anti-electromagnetic field, and propel itself in any direction quickly and quietly, can't tell the difference between a plastic inflatable and a viable meal. Nope.
1: Okay, so let's talk about how there are literally fucking electric eels out there, right? Do you think an electric eel that can generate electricity just from its own body- and can shock the shit out of you, electrocute the shit out of its prey, do you think if you put a real fish and a plastic fish in front of it, and they're both just chilling there, do you think it can understand the difference between the two of them? You're We're treating this like an animal, like it's an animal, right? Like,
0: Let's talk about my dog. She has right. like no, um, I'm going to put Shiv on blast for a second, because she's very smart, but also not very bright. She had, like, there are hats that are hanging on my wall that have been there since before we got Shiv. And she's slept in our room almost every night since we got her. She's seen these hats hanging on our wall. But then one day she decides, what the fuck is that on the wall? Right. And decides (sighs) to freak out and and treats it as, like, an enemy. And I have to take the hats off the wall, even though she's seen these hats on the wall every day since she's come to my apartment and introduce her to the hats.
1: And Ooh. she's she's descended of the great wolf. Like yes. she's the descendant of a predator. Yes. My dog barks at those little statues of like those little like signs of dogs where they're like crouched and it look like looks like the dog's taking a shit and it says no. Like, those <laughs> little like little like metal cutout signs. He just, he barks at things that are shaped like dogs or like cats or like squirrels. And he's mm-hmm. like, what is that? And I have to be like, calm down as a statue. Like, not that he understands me, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have to control him to a point where I'm like, it's not real.
0: So. I mean, my dog, she can understand the difference between birds and squirrels. Like, birds, she can tolerate. Right. Squirrels, she cannot tolerate. Right. But then she freaks out at plastic bags. So.
1: Exactly. Like, a a, tra- a, yeah. a bag of trash in the distance that was not there yesterday. If we're approaching it, it's like dusk my dog's like what <laughs> the fuck is that and I'm like it's a bag of trash and then we yeah. get close to him, he's like what the fuck is that and then we get up to it he's like it's a bag of trash that's hilarious mm-hmm. so like Logan my boy like you know you know when you're driving down the street and you see like somebody's like trash bin on the side of the road and you're like oh god, was that a person no it's not it's a trash bin you know that happens to you at night you know what I'm saying Um, A big-ass fucking alien jellyfish might just have the same reaction. I don't Mm -hmm. know. So the fact that you got, like, all up on your horse, like, defending the intelligence of this alien (laughs) jellyfish is, like, admirable, however slightly misguided. You know what I mean? They're treating it like an animal, therefore it thinks like an animal, therefore it, like, has the same amount of, like, intelligence and, like, you know... It doesn't know what fucking plastic is, so if it's shaped like a horse, it looks like a horse, it's a fucking horse.
0: And it learned. It started <laughs> to learn to avoid the, like, little plastic men, the, like, dancing guys, and didn't like the plastic, didn't like the, the ribbons, so it was, like, learning as it was experiencing new things, you know? All right, All right last one. I love peel, the VFX and aesthetic, but my thesis is this. I can feel him attempting to recreate the shock from Get Out and Us. Mystery, violent allure, and cinematic choices made for the sake of reaction instead of legitimate contributions to the storyline killed this movie for me. And I just wholeheartedly disagree with that.
1: I do, and I also don't understand what he means.
0: Like, I think, I, so this is what I mean by it was controversial, because there are a lot of people that agree with him. About what? That the movie doesn't make sense and that the Gordy stuff uh, doesn't fit at all and that it's just convoluted and reaching for shock value, but they're not, like, I I don't know. It just worked for me, so I just can't understand that, you know? I walked out of this movie being a little bit like, huh, it's a thinker. But I wasn't like, that was trash, you know? Because I didn't, like... Have all the pieces right away. I sat with it and tried, like, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but then I sat with it and gave it time and gave myself time to, like, put all the pieces together.
1: Right. And it's not like there's no plot, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the plot is, you know, at its very core, is like there's a weird alien creature sucking up horses on this guy's ranch, and he and his sister want to get video or photograph evidence of it in order to turn a profit so they can get out of debt. Like that is the very basic, like bare bones, fucking bones have been bleached in acid concept of the film. Like not even considering Jupe, not considering anything else surrounding the circumstances. It's just like, there is a storyline. I think what people, I think what people are having an issue with is like, kind of like what we were saying is like, there's obviously like more to it, like Mm -hmm. more to the story. And I think since people are having a hard time figuring out what that meaning is, which whether or not it's like up to interpretation or if Jordan Peele had a specific vision in mind, is like two completely different things. I think people are getting frustrated with the fact that they can't think of it Mm. (laughs) Um, or that it was never confirmed or whatever, because, you know, it's art Mm -hmm. it's up to interpretation like you and I can sit here and be like it's about exploitation of violence and you know Hollywood in general and then Jordan Peele could turn around and be like no it's actually like a very specific reference to like this one battle in World War II and we'd be like (laughs) (laughs) wow totally wrong we are off the mark however you still could argue it's about exploitation and he'd be like yeah sure whatever Mm -hmm. um I don't know, it's, it, it is all up to interpretation. So if people want to be stupid and not interpret it at all, like, go for it, I guess.
0: I mean, I'm also, like, a movie nerd, so I, I just, like, I love the Easter eggs that he puts in his movies, and so it just makes it fun. Even if I don't necessarily get everything that he's thrown out there, like, mm-hmm. it's just... I know what I'm walking into, walking into a Jordan Peele film at this right. point, you know? Like, and I think... I think a lot of people have put him in this box since Get Out. I know you haven't seen Get Out, but people have kind of put him in this box ever since that movie, and Us was similar to Get Out in a lot of ways, but also very different and a lot bigger and, like, not as contained. And mm-hmm. so they had a problem with that because they were like, I don't know what he's doing here. And, and Yeah,
1: but my my, what I gather from, like, you know, reception of both those movies is, like, get out was a lot more like the focus was pretty clear on Mm -hmm. what he was trying to talk about which was obviously like you know about you know racial injustice and like just like you know what i mean i don't i didn't see the movie so i can't speak fully on like what he was focusing on but there was a clearer focus
0: i mean like i said earlier like all of his films have to do with exploitation in different like realms so a get out is like the exploitation of black bodies but it was like very small and like an an intimate story of like a few people in this one location Mm
2: -hmm.
0: us was very much like not that it was much bigger and the exploitation of like a whole class of people Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in a nation you know and then this one is exploitation of animals and people at the expense of notoriety and the pursuit of the spectacle Mm -hmm. you know so I don't know sorry I interrupted you but
2: no 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 that's that's.
1: (laughs) or less what i was getting getting to so i appreciate it and again because you've seen all three so i haven't so i'm trying to like talk about get out and i'm like i haven't seen this movie what am i talking about but
0: also uh, this one isn't a horror movie but it was like i think people were expecting it to be mm-hmm. this one is more just straight sci-fi entertainment you know yeah. Popcorn I mean,
1: there were, there were suspenseful moments mm-hmm. like there were moments where i jumped like the with the barn or with like the cameras and shit like when the praying mantis like showed up on the little camera and then she jumped i jumped because she jumped mm-hmm. I was like, damn it <laughs> i don't know i feel like i feel like he watched this movie and again like rich for me to say because i also only watched it once but like i feel like he watched it once and like just took to twitter immediately without like talking about it or like really thinking about it much beyond like like literally face value.
0: I I just didn't know that he like <laughs> did film reviews like so thoroughly on Twitter. Like yeah, like before like this. 13
1: plus tweets at this
0: yeah. point. Oh yeah, I think we've talked uh, long enough about nope, we should wrap it up and get to our top 5 um creature features before before yes. we end it.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Do you have any final thoughts? on the movie
1: um good movie I it's one of those ones I'll I'll watch again I might go to see it like in the theaters or something I would
0: recommend it it's pretty amazing
1: yeah it was good you know while it's still in theaters because I think it is I looked it up today before I rented it and oh little fun fact for everyone I told this to Olivia earlier um, the little like Jeep truck thing that he drives around, like doing his little chores, the Polaris. Like, if you watch it, it says Polaris. I have driven one of those. They fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm sure there are more. I've driven it on like roads and shit for, you know, when I travel for work and stuff. And those are the like piece of shit vehicles that were like my lowly position is given
0: um you're just trying to offend the Polaris community and the war photography community oh, yeah I'm really I'm really coming
1: for the war photographers and people who like Polaris's um no I've driven Polaris. he is driving an older version of a Polaris the mm. ones that I drive now have doors but I like know his pain having to drive that piece of shit vehicle <laughs> around on set um but other than that like <laughs> Love the movie. I think Logan Paul, he could use another watch, maybe sit down with some people who are cultured to like discuss it. I don't know. Like, you know, think about that, maybe.
0: Yeah, just get a glass of wine, have get some friends over, turn off the lights and enjoy it. I don't know. Turn
1: off the lights, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> get a little freaky with it get a little freaky with it
0: madeline's like three glasses of wine deep so I I don't... four glasses oh.
1: of wine deep, but you know we're having a great time here yeah
0: no I, i'm really happy you liked it i know i you've said before multiple times on this podcast that you hate sci-fi so i was i was like this is gonna be a hit or a miss and you know seeing how controversial this movie has been i wasn't sure where you would land but i'm really happy that we I think um, okay, could both appreciate it.
1: Here's my thing with sci-fi as a genre. I feel like when it's like the further into the future it gets, the less on board I am, and there All are right. very few exceptions to that. So that's fair. it more contemporary with just some like weird like alien elements, I was like, okay, I can vibe. Mm-hmm. But if we're if we're talking like you know you know the year twenty five thirty or whatever, I'm just like, come on, count me out. Like I'm already dead at this point, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I, I really like this movie. I said already that it's probably my favorite of the three. I love all three, um, but I think this one is, I don't know, just hits different for me. And I have really enjoyed it. So yeah, thank you for reviewing it with me. Always. All right, so now we can get into our top five creature features. We had no rules for this, and... I I'm kind of just coming up with this on the fly, so 100%, same. <laughs> righty. you want to tell me your your number five uh, creature feature?
1: My <laughs> my number five is the original alien. Oh, same I, again? Because oh, same. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh my... So again, I'm not big into like sci-fi shit, but some of us Sigourney Weaver man just just makes all the exceptions for me. So I love the original Alien.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's another I one of those I just like, like master of suspense. Like mm-hmm. I don't have too much to say about it because it's just I, it's Everyone you, you it. said Sigourney Weaver, and that's like pretty much all I had to say. That's that was my only note point. That Olivia yeah. has.
1: Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, and I'm like yes,
0: yes. All right. What's your number four, then?
1: My number four is probably Jurassic Park 3 of the original trilogy.
2: Wow.
0: Okay.
1: Well, honestly, like, my top five, all three Jurassic Park's are in it. Uh, because I haven't seen that many, like, creature feature films. Mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. all three of the original Jurassic Park. And then I saw two out of the three new trilogy.
2: Mm-hmm. And then I see
1: two out of three. I mean, I saw the first and the third, and I skipped the second. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, it was fine. Like, I, I picked it up. Mm-hmm. I picked up the, the basic things that I missed. Um, I don't know. The third one cracks me up so much. Like, I just love that, like, the fucking dinosaurs make landfall. And it's just, like, all hell breaks loose. <laughs>
0: i don't think i've seen the third one
1: it's great the best scene is when like the fucking t-rex blasts through a blockbuster like video store uh, just tears shit up and it's very i think it's just funny in hindsight because you're just like you know what's gonna happen the blockbuster right it's gonna get fucking wrecked uh netflix is coming baby so i do love Jurassic Park three
0: very nice you know, my number 4 is a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um Little Shop of Horrors.
1: Okay, well no, I don't think it's a stretch. Um we didn't have any creature. rules, so, you know. I didn't think of Little Shop of Horrors. It would have been in my top 5 if I had thought of it.
0: Cuz it's like an alien plant, right? It's yeah. like this alien plant thing that is mm-hmm. eating people. So, yeah. and it's musical and it's very campy and Steve Martin is a dentist. That's mean.
1: (laughs) Very mean dentist. It's
0: my number four.
1: Well, I might have to like lightly edit mine now because I'll keep Jurassic Park 3 in there because I do genuinely love Jurassic Park 3, but I might bump Jurassic Park 2 because if we're going with like alien creatures, I guess we didn't establish these rules ahead of time. So I'm going to go ahead and say, if I may, for my Mm -hmm. number three... Rocky horror because technically all but like two of the people in the
0: cast are aliens, but they're like humanoid, though
1: I know, but we didn't establish rules on whether or not they had to be humanoid aliens creatures.
0: I'm gonna give it to you because all of this has been very last minute and right. we didn't establish rules, so Fine. sure I know
1: I was <laughs> I knew I was going off the cuff I was going off the cuff when you sure said that. um,
0: my number three is young frankenstein
1: oh no that's a good one shit that's a good one i didn't even think of fucking young frankenstein damn it that's i love that
0: movie (laughs) i know you do
1: (laughs) i really do i think about that movie a lot (laughs)
0: because that's like more you know classic monster Mm -hmm. um it's also humanoid so you know whatever fuck me but
2: yeah um, yeah you're like come after me yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just mad that I didn't get Rocky Horror so you know. <laughs> I mean I could have put on my list this isn't a draft it's just a top five <laughs> just, whatever like we're fighting each other I was like same movies anyways yeah um what did I say you just said Young Frankenstein so much- yeah <laughs> I'm tired, okay? I just started a new job. It's getting late. Anyways, what's your number two?
1: My number two is the original Jurassic Park. Mine too. Wow! We're really going for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Neck and neck.
1: There is honestly, like, even today, like, nothing beats the animatronics of the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. Like, that's what made it so real. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what made it look like fucking T motherfucking rex was coming for them you know in the Jeep Mm. and everything um because like cgi is great cgi is beautiful but i feel like and this is like maybe an out-of-pocket opinion i don't know but i feel like when there's just one thing that's cgi'd into a scene it's very obvious Mm -hmm. so and like i mean look it still looks great but there's just like that one like there's just like something about the computer technology where you're just like that's computerized but like the rest of it is like you know the normal scene or whatever and then jurassic park is just like because it's like a robot dinosaur chasing a fucking jeep it looks real because it is real it's a real dinosaur but it's robotic i don't know and it's a great story
0: i mean i do think the cgi that was used in Jurassic Park holds up like it's still mm-hmm. it looks great because it it's like kind of it's one of the movies that one of the earlier movies to use CGI that way right. and have it be like timeless you know right. like it, it's seamless with the animatronics and puppets I think that's the key to like really making something feel timeless and endearing you know have a little bit of charm is to have like a good mix between practical and cgi because when there's too yeah. much cgi it's like it it feels inauthentic and hard to buy into no matter how pretty it looks you know
2: right
0: um and sometimes practical effects can be a little too corny so having like a nice mix of both helps immerse you and like Just makes it a little charming right and i think that's why jurassic park just works Uh, and also just like steven spielberg's like storytelling and his ability to create suspense and our wonder at these creatures that we've never seen in like our lifetime this that was like the first time we were able to see them like that you know
2: yeah
0: so totally very cool what's your number one
1: my number one is i i must preface this because okay i'll just say it. it's the mummy
2: <laughs> oh okay
1: i love the mummy i just feel like justice first of all for brendan Fraser.
0: he's having and his then, comeback moment he's he's he, doing fantastic
1: i know i heard he had a standing ovation for his most recent film. So like, another time stamp <laughs> yeah another time stamp six minutes standing ovation for brendan Fraser's new film I remember watching The Mummy as a kid and, like, being so freaked out. And then I revisited, I'm like, this is such a silly film. Like, I love it. Like, it's it's very nostalgic for me, just like Jurassic Park is.
0: I've honestly never seen it.
1: Oh, it's good. You should watch it. It's like, you know, it's just Indiana Jones, but with mummies.
2: Okay.
0: Maybe but we'll do it your... on the podcast. Yeah. Um. I think mine has to be Jaws. Okay. Because it's, like, the quintessential, that. like creature hunting humans Mm -hmm. and like man versus animal you know
2: yeah so
1: I do like Jaws I I think 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 when I watched Jaws for the first time Jaws and Silence of the Lambs I watched for the first time with you and your dad like way back in the day I
0: don't remember this at all
1: I remember this distinctly like you and your dad. did we
0: know you were
2: there?
1: Yeah, so I was just like behind <laughs> the couch, like, excellent. <laughs> like, you and your dad were debating over Jaws or or science. Like, so, so, you like,
0: were there at my house for multiple weeks as we watched 30 minutes of a, no, a, of a movie at, looking, at a time.
1: It was like, I think when I visited you guys in Texas over spring break, and we were like, What should we watch? And I was like, I've never, and like, your dad was like, Silence of the Lambs is like one of those triple threat movies or whatever when, you know, all the people win the awards or whatever. And I was like, okay, I've never seen it. And then we watched it. And then the next night we watched Shark. Uh,
2: We watched Shark. (laughs) We called Shark. That would have been a
1: much more new title for this movie. We watched Jaws, a.k.a. Shark. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember distinctly watching that movie like at your house with you and your dad. And you know, maybe other people were involved, like your siblings or whatever, but Oh,
0: okay. All right. I mean, that's pretty cool. Um I wish I remembered, but
1: Wow, I'm a little offended, but it's fine.
0: I'm I'm just like shocked that that my dad would be like, Hey, let's watch Silence of the Lamps, like on a casual
1: He's not like, a Silent Your friends Island. are coming yeah. over
0: to hang out. Let's watch this movie.
1: I think it's like, I mean, it was like we were well into the trip and we were like, let's watch a movie tonight. And I think you were, you and I, or somebody was talking about Silence of Lambs. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that movie. And your dad was like, I know what we're watching. So,
2: the <laughs> <Okay>.
0: end. <laughs> That's our top five creature features. Our very messy top five. You know, you know how it is. It's a Wednesday night. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that concludes our episode for this week. Thank you again, Madeline, for talking about movies with me. It's always fun. Sure. And uh, if you like this episode and you want to hear more, you can follow us anywhere you get podcasts Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram if you like at, at Another Picture Show. And. We will see you next time. Bye. We will.
2: Bye.